God's call to each of us is to engage in the exploration of faith with all our heart, mind, and soul. Our call may take us down unimagined roads, yet at every step we are surrounded by God's love, guidance, and the promise of abundant life in Christ. Today we honor such faithful exploration. We celebrate the continued growth and greater maturity of our confirmation students. We acknowledge their independence, and we entrust them to God's loving care. Young members of the body of Christ, we invite you to join us in the work of healing. We cannot give you a perfect world, but we can welcome you to join us in the task of making it whole. Hi, my name is Andreas Mitchell, and my passage is from Psalm 91. I thought that this passage meant that anyone who considers themselves a believer of God will be protected from the challenges that they may face. If you are going through a rough time but can find God, then you will always see the light in the darkness. The passage stated, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. This doesn't mean that your life is going to be a perfect straight, perfectly straight line, but it does mean when you do hit a road bump, if you have found God, you will be able to pop right back up. At the beginning of the year, our confirmation class went to a church called Glide Memorial Church. It was a church as well as a place for people of poverty to eat as well as take care of other needs. After we finished serving, we went to one of their gospel church services. Many of the speakers at the service included people who were talking about how they found God at Glide and it turned their lives around. Many of those people found God at Glide and it helped them oh. Yeah, many of those people found God at God at Glide and it helped them face their darknesses head on. That experience taught me that God doesn't only come to you during those beautiful spring days, but he's also there for you in your worst night moments. In the last year, my darkness has been injuries. It felt like every year, this entire year, I've either been sick, had something pulled, or had something broken. In fact, this year I was at a lacrosse tournament. I broke my arm and didn't even know it was broken until four weeks after. Within those four weeks that I didn't know I had a broken arm, I played three other lacrosse tournaments. But every time that I've been injured or sick like that, I end up fine. In the passage, it says, If you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. Luckily, during my injuries, not a single big disaster came near my tent. During those three other lacrosse tournaments, I could have rebroken my arm a dozen times. But that didn't happen once. Obviously, my darknesses don't at all compare to some of the disasters that some of you in this room have faced before, but I still feel like I may have had God in my corner this year. The passage mentioned, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So by saying the shelter of the Most High, I don't think they're talking about church or heaven. I think the passage is actually saying that to find the shelter of the Most High, all you have to do is fix your mind on it. So my translation of whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty, is whoever seeks the secret place of the Most High and fixes their mind on it 
has actually reached that secret place and will rest in the protection of the Almighty. Where our thoughts are focused is where we are living. So if we are thinking about the protection of God, we already have it. Thank you. My name is Cecilia Bull, and I'd and my passage was from the Gospel of Matthew. I think this passage is interesting because it is telling us to be perfect like God is perfect. But as a human being, no one is perfect. Everyone makes mistakes, and they hope God and the people around them will forgive them. So it's impossible for any human to be perfect, so that's why I think it's hard, a hard thing to ask someone to do or be. One time I had my best friend tell me she didn't want to be my best friend anymore. We were so close, and that day when I went home, I cried for a while. I wondered what was wrong with me that even my best friend couldn't put up with me. I understand that this happens to lots of people, but that day I felt horrible. In this instance, it was like I turned my cheek, as it says in the passage, because I never did anything. I just moved on. When she said that to me, though, the words felt like a slap in the face. This year, I had to do 10 hours of community service for my school. I chose to do my community service at a place called the Cedars of Marin. I did it with a few people from my grade, and we kept going and helping them every Monday and Wednesday. We lost track of our time there and decided to go a couple more days to finish off our hours. When we first got there, we were nervous, but we ended up having so much fun. This point relates to the passage where it says, Give to those who ask you. In the passage where it says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I think this part of the passage is saying that even though people can be mean to you and you feel like they are going out of their way to do it, you shouldn't be mad at them for it because usually people do these things because of tough things in their own life. The passage is also saying that even though we have the good and the evil, God will always find the good in all people even if they are defined as evil because God is forgiving. When the passage says, and if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? I think this is saying to almost go out of your way to make people feel welcomed and noticed. Just to say something nice like hi or good morning or good afternoon. An example of this is even when I just walked to school. There is always a lot of foot traffic and most always there are people just saying hello or good morning to me and I say hi back. It really does make a person feel appreciated so I think it's a good simple way to make someone feel recognized. It's really not that hard to do and you don't even have to go to any expense to make them feel that way. In conclusion, when I look back at my decision from the beginning of the year to go through confirmation, I remember I actually wanted to do it. My parents weren't pushing me to get confirmed at all. I wanted to get confirmed because all my cousins were getting confirmed, and I felt like it was important. To be honest, I don't exactly remember my reasoning, but I know I, made, I ended up making the right choice. I even made some new friends through this process, which can be comforting since we are becoming a part of a big church. Thank you for listening. Good morning, St. John's. My name is Nate, and my passage is from Hebrews. After reading this passage, it left me with three thoughts. First, being that darkness allows you to appreciate the light. Second, it motivates me to be there for the unlucky ones who are struggling to find their light. Third, it gives the idea that light guides and supports you through dark and difficult times. Earlier this year, on Good Friday, my confirmation class and I held a service explaining how Jesus went through a time of light 
spreading God's love. Then into darkness during his crucifixion and back into the light with his resurrection. While putting together the Good Friday service, our class discussed the idea that when you're on life in the light your whole life, you almost take it for granted. The gifts of good health, a loving family, and friends become viewed as an expectation rather than a blessing. When good health, family, and friends don't come naturally anymore, that's when you realize and appreciate what you had. It's the same light as before, but experiencing the darkness makes that light shine even brighter. Over the course of this last school year, my friends and I worked some community service hours at the Gilead House, a home for single mothers and their children who are transitioning their lives into new ones. As we spent our hours there, I got a feel for the kids and began forming relationships with them, discussing the similarities between us all. I began to realize that there are people in the world like these families that are in the darkness. I realized through my community service there that people no different from myself were in rough patches in life. I was lucky to be there and was motivated to be there for those who are out there in the darkness. And through this program, I felt I was able to be there for the kids, helping them through their hard times to the promised completion of leaving the Gilead house into a house of their own with a fresh start into the light appreciating what they had before, and loving what they had and still continue to have. Because the light was always there, and the same as before, yet experiencing their darkness allows their light to shine even brighter. Light guides and supports you through dark times, like a flashlight in a dark tunnel or the North Star on a dark night. The light in our lives that keeps us pushing through dark times can come in many forms. It can be people, like friends, family, or community. It can be passions like sports, hobbies, or religion. The light can flow both ways in whether you are guiding someone or someone is guiding you through the darkness. In the passage it says, Remember those early days after you first saw the light? Those were the hard times, kicked around in public, targets of every kind of abuse. Some days it was you, other days your friends. If some friends went to prison, you stuck by them. This quote points out the importance of sticking by someone during their dark times. In those times when someone's struggling, or you're that one struggling, sticking by each other through the difficult times, that's what the light is. When you're in the darkness, you can have that person that's your light that guides you through the darkness and back into the light. In the very last sentence, it states, But you need to stick it out, staying with God's plan, so you'll be there for the promised completion. When worst comes to worst, find that person, whether it's God or someone else that's there to be your light. Let that person guide you or be that guide to light the way through the darkness. So together, you can finally be there for the promised completion. So like the passage said, don't overlook a thing. Let yourself do what you love to find your happy place that sets your life right and lets you enjoy your light and know that the darkness only makes your light glow brighter. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Francis, and my passage is from the book of Proverbs. What is wisdom? Do we really understand the word when we use it? Bob Marley, a famous Jamaican singer, lived a very short life, but left behind many inspirational words. In his song, Zion Train, he sings some wise words. Don't gain the world and lose your soul. Wisdom is better than silver or gold. 
The passage I chose was written during the time of King Solomon of Israel and is a part of Hebrew scripture. King Solomon was known to be a wise man, and the book of Proverbs preaches and teaches about wisdom. So what does wisdom truly mean? According to Wikipedia, wisdom means sapience or sagacity, and it is the ability to think and act using knowledge, experience, understanding, common sense, and insight. Wisdom is associated with attributes such as unbiased judgment, compassion, experiential self-knowledge, self-transcendence, and non-attachment, and virtues such as ethics and benevolence. Now that is a heavy sentence full of amazing traits that we all should aspire to. In the first few verses, we read that wisdom is for everyone, not just certain people. Wisdom is available to all people, anywhere and everywhere. However, you have to want to receive wisdom. In verse 2, on the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. This is where we first see the use of, of the personification of wisdom. She is always there, but we must want her and pray for her to come. In Hebrew, the word wisdom is feminine, so we personify wisdom as a she. This passage is an instruction or direction God wants us to look for and follow. Wisdom is everywhere, and anyone can receive the knowledge and truth that is wisdom. She is in our homes, at our churches, at our restaurants, at our schools. She is everywhere, but we must be listening for her. Our society is so wrapped up in acquiring fame and wealth, and many could care less about truth and knowledge these days. In fact, under some, circum under some conditions, it is frowned upon to be smart when really those of us in search of wisdom and knowledge are going to gain so much more from life. As we get to verse 4, she calls out to the people. To you, O people, I call, and my, call is, and my cry is to all that live. When she speaks, she gives an instruction, something that the people can follow. We see this in many stories of the Bible. God has instructions for us, and we can choose to follow them or not. She begins to share that her words will always be the truth. She is wisdom, and wisdom is the truth. Our society today is filled with falsehoods and deceits, with the media telling us what to believe. Wisdom won't just come to us because we need it. We have to let God know that we are open to it. My two grandfathers have always been wise men to me, as they have both been through much more in life than I will ever know or understand. They speak with truth and humility, and because of their experiences and time on this planet, they are wiser than I. I love to listen to them and learn. Elders often are seen as wiser because of their age. Wisdom, though, can come from anyone, whether it be an elder, nature, or a young child. Wisdom has been present since the dawn of time. God used wisdom to create the systems of our planet so that, so that it could sustain itself. Wisdom tries to teach us how to be in awe of its magnificence and order and how we might try and attempt to live well in it. Wisdom is everywhere. The question is, are we listening? In the last few verses, she, wisdom, talks about the importance of her words. She says, all the words of my mouth are righteous. We don't understand the importance of wisdom and what it could do. Those who apply themselves to the wisdom of God will gain knowledge and truth, but they have to apply themselves to God's words of wisdom. In verses 10 and 11, she continues stating that there is nothing more valuable than wisdom. These last two verses ring so true in my ears. The wisest people listen to God's instruction over money or riches, because knowledge and wisdom are richer than riches. As a little girl, I went to church every Sunday, and my mom would dress my sister and I up, and we would go to the family service here at St. John's. I loved coming to church, even though I have to admit, most of the time, I didn't know what was going on. But it started my journey along my path of faith and opened me up to a whole new community. 
As I grew up, showing up every Sunday became more and more difficult. Church was replaced with soccer games and swim meets. Now, I'm looking back and realizing I learned so much about faith and what it means to me. But how does wisdom play a role in my story? Well, I think for me, it is the fact that I notice myself growing every year and gaining more and more knowledge as time passes on. I know that the little girl who always came to church until she couldn't was not very wise, but that was because she was inexperienced in the world of wisdom. But now, as I stand here in front of you today, I can promise you that I have learned that you can never put a price on knowledge and truth, and that I will always strive to listen and learn from the endless wisdom that surrounds me. And as Bob Marley said so well, don't gain the world and lose your soul. Wisdom is better than silver or gold. Thank you. Good morning. My, my name is Nina Marie Sadi, and I will be reflecting on the passage 1 Samuel 14. When I was little, I was always smiling. I was a happily and giggly girl. I was filled with much joy. It was a week of coming back to school after my grandmother had died. I was not my usual self. I wasn't smiling as much. I wasn't as friendly, nor was I happy in general. As a kid, I always thought she would always be with me, but I was wrong. Her death was difficult for me because I always thought I was different from the rest of my family. I had different tastes in music, clothes, and my personality was just different from my mom and dad. I really connected with my grandmother. In seventh grade, I was also in a school that made life very difficult. I was really scared about death and what would happen if I passed away. Moving schools and moving away from bullies helped me overcome this. Making new friends has made me very strong as I got to know the good side of people. Moving schools um, really brought the, brought the old me out. I'm now dealing with problems much better, and I usually am smiling. Verse 6 from the reading really spoke to me. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come on now, let's go across these uncircumcised pagans. Maybe God will work for us. There's no rule that says God can only deliver by using a big army. No one can stop God from saving when he sets his mind to it. This is inspiring to me because this is something I can relate to. I have always been stubborn. And after Gans, at the Kopuch. For example, I would stay during my break at schools to finish an art project if I did not finish it during the class. It seems that God can be just as stubborn. There's no rule that says I can't overcome my problems. God promises this as no one can stop God from saving when he sets his mind to it. I did the same as God. I kept my head up and carried on even though I was struggling. I wanted to give up. I wanted to give in to the level of devils, but I didn't. I'm so grateful that I didn't give in, and God was on my side. I learned that all you need to do is trust God, and he will lead the way. Amen.